Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Friedman Files. I am your co-host Jesse Ulrich. I'm Barry Friedman. Episode seven. That means we're going to be uh, we're going to be up for insurance pretty soon, aren't we? Yeah, we're getting, we're getting very close. All right, here we go. So today we are going to talk about the Comey hearing. We are going to talk to what happens when tobacco companies have more morals than your politicians. Then we're going to talk about maybe some special elections coming up and lots of other weird political things that are happening at the moment. But it's hard to handle anything else after this week, after former FBI Director James Comey testified before the Senate on Thursday morning. It was, it was only just Thursday. It was like three days ago. Issue one. It, it's, it's weird watching and handling something like this in sort of the internet age where even before it started... I was seeing videos of, you know, young congressional staffers in their suits waiting in line, holding holding a spot for their boss so that their boss could get a seat. Right. There were bar, there were bars offering free drinks during mm-hmm. the hearings. You know, and I think it's great because you you actually could have could have predicted this reaction before the hearing took place. So there's the cynicism in the country. You know how everybody was going to fall before it actually started. Wouldn't matter. Didn't matter what Comey said. I mean, I think you have to stand on your head to think this is a good week for the president. But since apparently 34% of the country is standing on its head, uh, we we have to deal with that. Uh, You know, I think in a lot of ways, the takeaway from this uh, were from the two sons, uh, Donald Jr. and Eric, who both are are turning into Fredo here. Mm -hmm. Donald Jr. seemed to confirm the story that his father told Comey he hoped uh, Comey would drop the Flynn investigation by saying hoped isn't a threatening word. Like, hey, you got a nice job here at the FBI. Be a shame should something happen to it. And then Eric said earlier this week that people who criticized uh, his father weren't, in fact, really people. Yeah. Which is, if you think about it and wait for it, uh, really a deplorable thing to say. But, you know, since liberals aren't snowflakes... We don't wring our hands like a Jewish mother at a poorly executed bar mitzvah reception. Uh, again, I think uh, this was an awful week for the president and a slew of awful weeks for him. And to spin this to your own people, uh, I suppose, is the uh, is the way to do this, to gin up the base is the way to do this. Hopefully, again, uh, since the GOP has uh, jettisoned any integrity it would have, it's going to be up to the courts and... Uh, and the lawyers, not his lawyers, but but lawyers who actually do these things, the uh, investigators. I see that Robert Mueller hired some heavy hitters in his investigation. So it's moving forward, behind, around, underneath the spectacle. But the spectacle itself was pretty spectacular. What keeps getting lost here is that there are, there isn't just one Russia investigation. There are multiple, and the reason people seem to forget that. There, there's two questions on the table, right? The, the, the one question is, all the intelligence agencies agree that, that you know, uh, that the Russian spy agencies tried to influence our election via fake news, via other items, possibly even trying to hack into voting machines. That is, that is known, that is a fact, right? So one investigation is how far did they get, what was all the tools they used? And let me just say, it doesn't really matter if they were successful, What matters is they try to do it. Now, if you're president of the United States, and if if your posture is defensiveness, that no, they didn't, or no, I'm not guilty of this. I mean, this is a really awful, 
awful development if it's true. And if you're president of the United States, how could you not take it seriously? How could you side with the Russians over this and not your own agencies, your own intelligence people over this? That's the scary part. Let's say Trump had nothing to do with this, which he maintains he and his administration didn't. If that's the case, how can you not take this seriously? This is the foreign government, the Russians, Putin trying to hack an election, which again, seems pretty clear they tried to do. Not whether they were successful, not whether they did it in concert with the Trump administration, but they did it, full stop. If you're president of the United States, that's the problem. That's your issue. That's the side you should be on. Not this, well, uh, it's a story planted by the Democrats in the New York Times because they didn't win the election. No, that's the part that's so frustrating to people who would even be willing to say Trump didn't orchestrate this. It happened. Yeah. And for him to take their side over our side, there's the treason. That's probably too strong of a word. But I well, I don't I don't know because so okay so yeah so the one issue is that what the Russians what what we are assured they did which was try to influence the election right and Trump has taken the thing that since he won anything that diminishes his win he is against that's stupid but that that's his position but the other the other question the other the other investigation is whether people in the Trump camp had contact with the Russians to coordinate what kind of attacks on our election were happening. Were they, as Trump specifically said out loud one time, were they were they t- helping to time when leaks came out and what kind of leaks they were? Or just lied about meeting with them because they thought it would look bad, which yeah. it, it does look bad, just lied about it. Why would they lie about it? Why would the president support people who lied about it? Yeah, again, there's there's the full stop. There's the issue. Why would his people lie about meeting with Russians? Because they've decided it's not important enough? Or because Hillary Clinton Clinton did something how many years ago, which was not even close to this? I mean, again, if you stop the issue where the issue is, is why would Flynn lie about meeting with these people? Why would Kushner lie about meeting with these people? I mean, that's the thing that confuses me so much. Okay, if one, like, let's let's think if the Trump camp was actually competent enough to pull off collusion, which honestly, I don't think they were. But even if they didn't, wouldn't they try to be as honest as possible about their contacts with Russia to make it look like they weren't trying to collude? Like everything they do now makes it look like they were, even though in my heart, I don't, I don't believe it actually happened the way, you know, we all like theoretically would hope it would happen because they don't seem to be competent enough to pull that off. Right? Like the, they're acting like they know it's going to look bad, which, again, it does look bad. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're lying. But since it's out, to continue this, it didn't really happen when clearly it didn't. And blame fake media for reporting that it happened when it clearly did happen. There again, there's the frustration. Uh, yeah. Why are they so intent? Why are they so committed to lying about things that could very well be innocent? Yes, we met with them. Why would you lie about that? Why would you continue to lie about that? Why would you cover up lying about that? Some of that stuff is just factual. Flynn lied about meeting with the Russians. You can say, well, he was just saying hello or buying him a, buying him a drink. But he met with them, didn't divulge it. Again, 
I'll say for the last time this episode, full stop. So <clears throat> on Thursday, former FBI director James Comey was speaking to the Senate about how, you know, sort of his time as President Trump's FBI director. And all I can say about it is the argument that just that Trump doesn't know what he's doing because he has never been a politician before is not an acceptable excuse for Trump's actions. It's a laughable it's not. excuse. It is a laughable one. And I, I mean, I gotta say, like, my feelings on James Comey are mixed. But I have to say, the guy's smart. Like, after his first interaction with Trump, he's like, oh, I need to start documenting this because, like, I'm gonna, at some point, I'm gonna be in trouble. I'm gonna need to explain myself. And I, I wish more people would do that because he, he, he said out loud what we all, all of us who don't like President Trump, already know is that Trump lies constantly. His lies aren't consistent. He does whatever he needs to do to defend himself in that moment. And so the only way to defeat that is to document everything you have said and everything he has said to you so that when he tries to lie, you can be like, well, he said this and this and this. And again, but like if the line of questioning at that point is, well, then why would you take notes? Why would you feel the need to record your conversation as if that were the problem? Yeah. And in, in the investigation, if that were the problem in the meeting, as if we're going to run right past the him asking you to drop the investigation and then firing you for not dropping the investigation and admitting he fired you because of the whole business of the Russia investigation. And we're going to focus on why you took notes in a meeting because you were afraid he was going to lie about that. That took up how much time? In this investigation from the Republican side of the Senate Investigating Committee? Yeah. They were forgetting the part where he was fired. So all of their arguments about, you know, uh, you know, um, Oklahoma's Senator James Lankford's idea that it was, you know, a soft touch. It's a soft touch until you fire him. So don't tell me his I hope didn't mean anything when it is his I hope led to James Comey not doing the thing he hoped for and him being fired. Like... It do you remember April Gillespie? She was the UN, uh, U.S. ambassador to uh, Kuwait back in 1990, 91, whatever. Anyway, she met with a bunch of uh, uh, Iraqi officials, maybe even Hussein himself, and she said or didn't quite uh, react vociferously enough when they talked about possibly invading. Some reports said she said that America would have no position on that and that started the first gulf war so this soft touch that Langford talking about sometimes gets you into two wars that you can never get out of yeah actually and the thing about Langford is and again uh there are times he is sane there are times he seems less of a partisan than others he he said about this very thing if there is any american that is engaging with a foreign power to try to affect our elections that's a real problem We've got to clear them up, both for the sake of the president and the presidency. Now, that's good, right? But notice how Langford weasels out at the end. That's a real problem? That's the best you got, Senator. Yeah. It's actually impeachable. It's treasonous. And even sane Republicans, of which Langford sometimes is, you know, you have to put your head really close to the ground and keep it there to hear them put their foot down. And nobody is better at that, at giving the appearance of putting his foot down than, than Senator John McCain, who did a great impersonation this past week of uh, 
sitting on your front porch and yelling at people, yelling at kids to get off your lawn. I don't know what that was. Yeah, I mean, Benham, he said he was, you know, he was up late watching a baseball game the night before. I don't know. And that's not an excuse. That's an, okay. Well, he's that, that's John McCain. Have some coffee, Mike. You know, you're you're going to be on, you're going to be on like that was probably the most TV exposure he has had in quite some time. So you think he would have you know got himself ready for it? We haven't lowered the bar. We've thrown the bar out. Speaking of lowering the bar, can I remind Republicans that we have three branches of government, not one? I don't care if you're the same party. Your job is to protect your branch of government versus others. It's supposed to be that way. You're not supposed to be friendly with the executive branch. That's the point. Well, if you, we, you, want, you want to go to the parties, you are. And yeah. Again, uh, it, does seem, it does seem a little odd that they, they, they aren't more concerned about the uh, executive branch usurping their power and, and diminishing them. Uh, some are upset about it, but they don't really seem to stay upset that long. Their shelf life, the half-life of their anger is really uh, yeah. like one of the lower elements on the periodic table. I mean, I, I suppose if Trump's administration would, was actually like handing full bills to the Senate and House, they'd be more upset. But since they're just getting guidelines, I think they feel more independent because they're able to come up with the things themselves a little bit. Um, they're not being dictated to, as, you know, uh, maybe some of the Democrats in the early Obama administration felt. But, you know, I, I, I never thought I would wish back for the time when I thought Democrats could rally around each other and get more things done than they did, you know, but not actually doing that because they were individual people, you know, trying to do their jobs, except for Senator Joe Lieberman, um, who, thank God, is not going to be our new FBI director. Um, he finally realized that he's actually working for one of the attorneys who represents Donald Trump. So I guess he decided to be a conflict of interest or the appearance of a conflict of interest. So he, finally, he yeah. noticed that after about a week and a half of everybody else noticing that. But let's just say while the hearings were going on, some other things were happening. And this this is sort of the problem is that, you know, you see all this, the bright, shiny objects over here. And then behind the scenes, all this really awful legislation and decision making is, ta- is taking place. Lawyers for the Department of Justice are arguing that President Trump can receive payments from foreign governments because the Constitution's prohibition against it uh, doesn't apply to certain payments such as hotel bills and golf club fees. They've actually argued that um, the Justice Department is starting to sound like Trump's own lawyers, and I just wonder if Trump knows they're not. (laughs) Actually, I hope they know they're not. So... All this stuff is going on. He just put somebody in charge of uh, an agency. I forget his name. I'm sorry. And, of course, I forget the agency name as well, uh, who has no experience, again, in it at all. I probably should get that before I do that. You want to cut that and start that again? Well, here's the thing. Like, that could be any department at this point. <laughs> so I feel like that, that, that blanket statement works there because, like, that's, this is not the first nor last time that's going to happen. Um, I think it was, like, a regulatory position. I, I, I vaguely remember it, too. Uh, this is this is really embarrassing. I'm going to find out right now what it was. All right. You keep yes. talking, and I'll find uh, out what it was. I will keep talking. <laughs> I would like I'd like to talk to talk about it as a spectacle because so I am 36 years old. So I've been alive to watch on television the OJ trial, the Bill Clinton uh, impeachment proceedings, and what other crazy political thing? Oh, the the 2000 presidential election. Times when 24-hour news really, like, really needed to exist, in a sense. And I have to say, the more 
what has changed over time is the venues in which you could watch these things. So not only was Comey's testimony on every actual network, it was streaming on a multiple, multiple different places. And what really became clear to me, thanks to the Washington Post, which is a real newspaper that delivers real news, people, is how, how it was covered is so vastly different. I, I finally started to sort of glimpse the, 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 the mindset and globe of people I disagree with, because if I was receiving this information, I would probably think differently too. But I'll put it in the show notes, but there was a Washington Post sort of visual aid for the Chirons on Fox, on MSNBC and CNN. And you gotta give Fox credit. They were, they were on message and only sort of focused on the thing they wanted you to focus on. And if you didn't watch the entire thing, you would have thought Comey backed Trump up on the things he said and that it really wasn't that big of a deal. And it's, it just saddens me. Because if we can't agree on certain facts, like it's Im- almost impossible to have a normal conversation about these things anymore. Yeah. But anyway, the, 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 again, there, there's, there are things going on here beyond this. I'm not sure they're more important. And I think there's enough people out there who can look at all of it and, and report on all of it. So I don't think we, we need to dismiss the tweets or dismiss the Justice Department rulings or dismiss any of it. But just to keep in mind that the whole place is rotten. The whole administration, from the core in, and the and the out in back into the core, uh, it's uh, again we we talk about this every week, but again to spend this week, as I mentioned earlier, as a good week, as a good moment for the president is really, uh, it's uh, pretty scary. Yeah. Because again, he asks the question every week. He asks the question, you know, what is it going to take for Republicans? What is it going to take for his base? What is it going to take for? Uh, uh, his supporters on the margins to uh, realize this is more serious than just their own power in Washington. It's a question that really gets tired of, of being asked. It, it's tiring to hear, but it's a question that needs to be asked. Uh, he obstructed justice. He fired the guy who was investigating him. He asked the guy who was investigating him to stop investigating him. What, what, is he, was that clever? Was he being cute on the, uh, hope you drop this? That's a defense. And the defense also is that he didn't know what he was doing. So on one hand, he's this brilliant businessman, this mind that uh, should be admired and revered. And then he's this child that doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, okay, people make allowances for people they like, but not in the same sentence. Not in the same moment. Yeah. I mean, it's called cognitive dissonance, and it's something I feel. And, you know, if, if anyone listening can prove me wrong on this, I would love to be wrong. But I, it seems to me that Republicans have a easier ability holding two, you know, conflicting thoughts in their head at the same time than liberals do. Liberals would be like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I have to figure this out. But the way Paul Ryan defended President Trump shows you that he has two completely different things going on in his head at the same time. And he's and he the only, one. Yeah. He's the moderate one. He's the one who, when all is said and done, we keep hearing, will we'll defend this country over his own party. Okay. That's, I'm waiting for that moment. Yeah. I'm waiting for the people who say they love America more than we love America to actually yeah. love America. That's all. All right. Shall we move uh, on? Yes, let's move on. Should we move on to 
Should we move on to uh, the issue of taxes and fees in the state of Oklahoma? Sure. I'm writing a column about that, actually, and it's, it's amazing. that Senate Bill 845, which will uh, add a, do- a tax of $1.50 for each pack of cigarettes, uh, finally passed in the state. But it passed in the state because it was not called a tax. It was called a fee. And you cannot raise taxes in Oklahoma unless certain constitutional things happen, like 75% of the legislatures have to vote for it or has to go to the people. So knowing that, what the uh, very smart legislators in Oklahoma did is they changed it from a uh, tax to a fee. And how they did that was they called the bill, and I have it here in a second, they called the bill the Oklahoma Revenue and Taxation. Now this is, I'm sorry, this is how the bill was called the Oklahoma Revenue and Taxation Reform Act of 2017. That's what it was called. The word taxation had to be removed so it was, and it was reborn, Senate Bill 845, Smoking Cessation and Prevention Act of 2017. See, they took out the word taxation, put in prevention. How clever is that, huh? Was that, was that good? Anyway, nobody really thinks this is constitutional. The question is, uh, the Oklahoma Supreme Court has to decide whether it's constitutional, and who knows if that's going to happen. So essentially, they're going to raise money on cigarette smokers in this state. They're probably going to raise it, and the figures do hold up, probably close to $200 million. The budget hole in Oklahoma is about $900 million, which means this is about 20 to 25% of the entire deficit they're going to make up on smokers alone. Listen, I, you could quadruple the tax for all I care, but for the smokers of the state who did not cause the deficit to bear the greatest uh, burden on uh Addressing it seems to me a bit uh, unfair. Uh, But the big question is whether or not uh, the state court will accept this. And and guess who who jumped in probably the next day? Uh, William Morris, uh, Philip Morris, not William Morris, Philip Morris, R.J. Reynolds, and others allege the fees violate the state constitution, which it probably does. So the question now is uh, you have state legislators in Oklahoma on one side and the tobacco companies on the other. Uh, you really don't know who not to root for. I mean, you know, I'm, I feel terrible rooting for the tobacco companies, but they're right. They're right. So, you know, I hope they win so that the our representatives have to go back and actually like, and actually tax the people who have the money. Like, I don't know, oil and gas companies. Yeah, or at least share that burden somewhat. Absolutely. Uh, and again, this all came back from 1992 when, in Oklahoma, legislators decided to sort of cut off their own legislative powers and say we cannot raise taxes unless we get 75% of the vote, which never happens anywhere, or sends it back to the people for a state question, which takes a year or two to happen. At that point, you have new problems, not the ones you had when you first introduced the bill. Uh it all goes back to legislators deciding we don't want the power and the responsibility to, to govern. I guess because they hate government and hate governance, so they want to take away their own power, which says to me again, why would you take the job? Why would you want the job? I mean, if you're, if you're trying to show that government is bad, the easiest way to do that is to make it inert and then point to yourself and be like, see, government doesn't work. Right. You starve the beast and then complain the beast is lethargic. Do you know about Senate Bill 643, the one dubbed the DUI Lawyer's Retirement Bill? Have you heard about this? No, I have not. 
Um, so Senate Bill 643 would abolish the civil administration appeals process that suspects can use to challenge um, like if, uh, if they decide not to take a breathalyzer test when they're pulled over. This law would make it illegal for drunk driving suspects to refuse to take a, breath, a breathalyzer test. This, this, would, this would cost people millions of dollars in lawyers' fees. And it's, I mean, I just, taking away people's democratic rights slowly and little by little is just, it's getting too much. I can't take it anymore. It's um, funny, every, every story we, we have always ends with, with one of us uh, exasperated. I know. <laughs> we we got to have a better close, I'm, I'm convinced of it. I know, we need like a happier, but you know. Uh, but in times like these, you know, one of those like old time radio happy talks. Briefly, I would like to here. Here's hopeful. Here's a hopeful sort of close. Uh, the state of Kansas, who has been going through a lowering taxes, conservative experiment that everyone's pointed to. as like, well, if this works, they will have proven their point. The, the Republican legislator in, in Kansas vetoed Governor Sam uh, Brownback's... They overruled the veto. They overruled the veto, meaning they voted to raise taxes in the state of Kansas. It had gotten that bad. So one can only hope that there is a point, there's a low point. Except Brownback was reelected last year. That, well, well, that's true. It, it, I mean, again, they knew this was going on. I mean, Rick Scott of Florida was reelected. All these guys are reelected. Uh, you know, hoping that the uh, the people of Kansas will come to their senses. Again, maybe this will do it. But this was the situation a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, there's still a, a such a uh, reaction against government that even when government, uh, even when the new government fails, even when the government you want and, and the representatives you want get into power, fail. Look at Oklahoma. We have everything we want here. Every every major office holder is Republican. And the place is a mess. And yet they picked up seats last November. So again, tell me when the breaking point is. A lot of the people who vote for Republicans, support Republicans, their kids now will start going to school four days a week. Will that do it? Maybe. I doubt it. Something will eventually. It's a slow process. Maybe liberals think it's going to happen. Gee, how obvious it is. Why don't you people respond but maybe our sanctimony at this annoys them more than their kids going to school four days a week maybe we yeah. should shut up about it and just let them deal with it themselves and and go off into our own little enclaves and run our communities the way we want it's like these states deciding they're gonna they're gonna follow the paris protocols and they're gonna have their own environmental protections and let the government do what it wants. But California and New York and other states, other governors have decided we're in. Maybe that's maybe that's how the maybe that's how the country breaks up. Yeah, maybe the people who the people who care about it will act like uh, this is the country. We are that we are our own we are our own people. And again, uh, maybe maybe the North will break away this time from the South. In my in the most you know uh, depressing state I get, I always think about what my father says all the time, which is people get who they vote for. Like maybe we should stop fighting for them. Like they get what they deserve. And I'm I'm usually not that sort of negative about it, but sometimes I'm just like, well, why are we? maybe I should be because, only focusing because on because here's why. me because four hundred thousand people 
two times voted for Barack Obama. That's a lot of people. Now, 950,000 voted for Trump and Romney and uh, McCain. So there's a lot more people. But 400,000 people do care. 400,000 people do want a better country, do want better representation, and you really just can't abandon them by saying, well, if that's what Oklahoma wants, that's what, that's what Oklahoma gets. That's not what Oklahoma wants. That's what 63% of Oklahoma wants. But you cannot, should not dismiss all those really good people in this state and in Kansas and in Florida and in Utah who are working uh, to make this better. People like Evan uh, McMullen in Utah, who's been on Trump constantly. I mean, there are good people out there in these little pockets of insanity, and they shouldn't be abandoned. That's why your dad, and again, I love this phrase, I've known your dad longer than you've known your dad. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, the fight is worth having everywhere. And speaking of the fight everywhere, with this election coming up in uh, in Georgia, and again, are there moral victories for Democrats? Uh Will the Democrat win there? Who knows? But if he doesn't win, it's going to be close. And what's important about that is if the Democrats win that seat, if they come close to winning that seat, uh, then maybe Howard Dean was right in having a 50-state strategy and Democrats should compete everywhere. Because even if we don't win, what happens is you make Republicans fight in every place, and that's a good idea. So maybe you don't just dismiss the entire South. We can't win. Sure, we can't win probably can't win but the fight may be worth it may be worth it well on, on that hopeful note we will uh close up the main part of our episode and move into your commentary but before we do i must do my duty as podcast host and uh, th- thank all of our listeners for obviously listening and don't forget to subscribe on itunes or google play or stitcher or soundcloud wherever you get your podcasts and um if you do get through itunes please give us a review that helps us. We already have one, so that's very exciting. And uh, if you ever... We have, if there one, are top- we have seven episodes. We have one? We have one review. Yes. Um, again, Shit. well, iTunes does not make reviewing it that easy because no one listens to podcasts on their computer anyway. Yeah, so you blame, have to like... Let's, let's, blame, let's blame iTunes for that. Yeah. Hey, they, they are changing their podcasting thing soon, so that's very exciting. But uh, if, you, if, there are to- if there's a topic you would like us to talk about, uh, you can email us at... Uh, Friedman Files Podcast at gmail.com and I will see it and then I'll tell Barry about it because I'm the technology person here and thank you again for listening and check out FriedmanThePlanes.com for Barry's posts one coming up about the tobacco companies so I don't have a nerdy rant this week because I've been I was too busy no, reading no bad paint. experiences at the movies you're fine is that right I did not go to the movies this week so I don't have anything to rail against <laughs> okay. um um, other than, um, you know, I can rail against Boston drivers, but you know, that, that's not really funny. Just sad. So that... well, I've got one, I've got one of the best moments of the week. All right. All right. Listen to this quote. We do not want terrorists among us, not in life, not in death. You know who said that? No. Joint statement from imams and scholars who say they will not perform funeral prayers for the London attackers or let them be buried among Muslims. That's from News Channel 4 in London. Imams and scholars, Muslims said about that, said that about terrorists. So, next time you want to sweep all Muslims into one terrorist corner, keep that in mind. Speaking of London, had an election over there, did not go as well as the conservatives thought it would go, and it made me think that maybe Donald Trump, he may ruin America 
but he may in the process push Europe to the left and save the damn continent over there. So we should thank him for that. Just uh, some other quick thoughts. Um, I'm trying to think again how the left left would have reacted if President Hillary Clinton had fired Director Comey um, because Republicans on the committee this week uh, must be on ibuprofen today from all the contortions they, they performed last week. And a lot of the reason since, especially on social media, uh, a lot of the reasons for this, a lot of the defense of this uh, on social media reminds me, in fact, of the Facebook meme, uh, the don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree from Stanford, that type of thing. Legally, the president is in trouble. Maybe not on Fox, not on the GOP caucus, not even with his supporters who post incessantly about this, but legally, this cannot end well, and it's a matter of you've got a great country here. Be ashamed if anything happens to it. That's it for me this week. <laughs>